Hello everyone, in this episode I talk about discernment and what it is, how to use it, and how it can benefit you in your personal relationships as well as in your business relationships and future career. In a nutshell, having discernment is being weary of the people that you allow into your life, the people that you associate yourself with, and building a strong sense of discernment so that your internal compass is constantly leading you to the life that you want to lead and to where you want to be. I give personal experiences of the times where I've seen people lose their way because of the people that they've associated themselves with, and I teach you how to avoid this, the things that you need to be looking out for, and how to strengthen that internal compass. How to follow that internal sense of purpose and fulfillment and using discernment as a tool to help you get to the life that you want to have. Because I'm of the belief that if we don't have that internal purpose guiding us, we can really lose our way to people, places, and things. And in order to avoid that, I think discernment is something that we should all be using in our everyday life. So I hope that you will find a lot of value from this episode. But first, I want to tell you guys about this app that I use to get cheap deals on sports games and concerts. It's called Game Time, and they specialize in last-minute ticket deals. So from my experience, the closer that you get to the event, the more that prices are likely to go down. And Game Time lets you buy up to an hour before the show. So if you're looking for anything to do this weekend, I would just browse through their app because there's always something fun that you and your friends can do. I will link them down below. Thank you guys for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the episode. And like I said, discernment is a very big topic, so where it's going to be really relevant to you is I'm going to help you use discernment or begin using discernment as a tool for when you have more clarity on what your purpose is and where you're trying to get at with your life. So when you have a purpose, you can begin associating yourself with the right people who are going to get you there, but in that process, you're going to need to be using discernment. Another thing... Another thing is my intention is to help you develop the ability to leave things that like are not meant for you or are actually keeping you from where you want to be. Both of these definitions imply a very like cut and throat decision, which means that in both of those cases, you're going to cut someone off, right? If they're not helping you get to where you want to be, you're cutting them off. At the same time, if things aren't right in the moment or they're keeping you from where you want to go, cut them off. But there are situations in which discernment needs to be very fluid. For example, uh, let's say that you, your bo- you're using discernment with your boss or your coworkers. In my opinion, you should be using it with absolutely every single person in your life. And I'm just going to go on to explain what even is it, right? What is discernment with people? Number one, it, the way that I would define it is simply being well aware of who and what you're dealing with before you move forward with anything serious. For example, before you move forward taking a job offer from someone, from signing a contract, um, maybe even getting into a relationship with someone, really knowing who who it is that you're dealing with before you even begin dealing with them or before you begin investing other things such as time, emotion, money, etc., We live during a time where a lot of people like to play games. So, in a nutshell, in con esto te digo todo, which means, with this, I tell you everything. Discernment is how to tell when somebody is playing games with you, slash using you. And the reality is that, given the chance, most people will use you. Like, 
that's just the reality of it. Like, even the most good-hearted person, like, if you let people walk all over you and, like, you don't really set any boundaries, which that is something that is also going to come up in the episode, but the idea is that people, to the farthest extent that you allow them to, will try to, like, take advantage in some way or another. I would also see people using discernment if, in terms of, like, cautionary examples. Um, for example, sometimes you're just out on the town, like, you're just outside, and you, you're gonna have to think fast in certain situations, and you're gonna have to be very strategic, especially when you meet somebody who might put your life in danger. That is also a very good example of using discernment. I thought of the Barbie movie as an example for this, because you guys know how when Barbie goes to that office of like CEOs and she's like hey can you take me back to Barbie land and they want her to get inside the box but she's like wait something like shady's going on here uh I think that if I and we know this as uh the audience we know that if she gets inside the box they're just gonna take her and we don't really know what's gonna happen but there's danger there right and we know that for sure as the audience so what Barbie does instead of getting into the box is she tells them she goes along with it and this is actually a really this is good advice this is sound advice but sometimes um especially when you have to think very quickly and you have to be strategic is to go along with something and play along until you're in a safe place and sometimes this gives you more time to think as well and this is exactly what Barbie did so she said oh, uh, I actually need to go to the bathroom first to get my hair done so that I look nice for when I go into the box. So she went along with it, and she goes to quote-unquote the bathroom, but really she's escaping. Uh, But in that moment, she used really good discernment and said, well, me going inside the box is potentially going to get me killed or whatever happens to Barbies, I don't really know. Uh, So she decides to tell them, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick, and she plays dumb. And she, she's smart because she's actually going to escape. And she's going to um, escape. <laughs> I don't know. You guys get the point there. So that's an example of using really good discernment in your surroundings and in your everyday life. Is That's another reason why I'm, I'm beginning this episode by saying that discernment is fluid. And it can be used in every situation, in every scenario. The key here is just not to necessarily trust first impressions and we're going to go more on in depth on how to tell someone's character and different tips I have. Like I said before, discernment is a very broad topic and there's different ways to tell uh, and read another person. And there's too many ways for me to go over in this episode, but I just want to open up your mind to being receptive to understanding how other people work and how you can read other people. Why do you want to read people in the first place? Why are you you even, like, interested in learning about discernment? So, in my opinion, and as I've become an adult, I've understood that using discernment with others is actually very important. And it's an important part of being an adult. Because, especially these last four years that I've been an adult, I'm 22, so I've been an, an adult for four years now, and one key thing that I've learned is that you don't, when you meet a new person, you don't know how long this person is going to be in your life for. You don't know if they're going to be in your life for a year, for a week, a day. You just never really know. 
And when you use discernment with somebody, it can save you time dealing with the wrong people. Another thing that using discernment separates you from is naivety. So I put a comparison here. I put there's an aware person versus a naive person. And in a lot of senses, I am both and you are both and we're all both because it's impossible for somebody to have experienced everything and know everything and just have like this endless bucket full of wisdom. So I say that there's the people that are aware and use discernment versus there's people who are naive and maybe too trusting in other people. And I used to be this way a lot. And what I learned is that naivety costed me. It cost me. And it will cost you as well. It'll cost you money, opportunity, connections, not, you know, making or jumping on the right opportunities when you need to. And this all goes back to using discernment. I mean, it can help you in literally any second of your life because the reality is that at any second of your life, at every moment, there are an infinite number of possibilities of things that can happen. So since discernment is something that can be applied to almost anything, I'm going to begin by talking about how you can apply it to your personal relationships. These are friends, this is family, this is maybe a romantic partner, wherever feelings are involved. I think in your personal relationships, using discernment is the most important because whenever feelings are involved in something, things can get very messy, they can get very tricky, and they can be long-lasting. The damage of getting into the wrong personal relationships is so important and something that you need to be very aware of, and we're going to talk about that because that's a very serious thing. It's also one of the reasons why I'm not friends with a lot of people and why I'm very picky, especially about like a romantic partner, like, oh my god, you guys, like people that I go on dates with, if I'm even going on dates, like I'm right now, I'm not dating anyone. Um, I'm extra careful about the people that I do get involved with. And it's for this reason. I know that a lot of times when there's feelings involved in a relationship, it can cause you to do things that you might not do before. And this is also prevalent where if you are somebody that doesn't know how to control their emotions very well and you get involved with somebody who you should not be getting involved with, maybe you saw the best in them but they're actually a narcissist or they're a manipulator and people like this do exist in the world and it's important to keep an eye out for them and it's important to know their tactics in order to not get yourself involved with them. Personal relationships can also get very tricky because there is a sense of delusion in them, I I think. And and there's a sense of delusion, especially where emotions are involved. Let's say you really like someone. Uh, It's easy to ignore sort of like red flags. It's easy to overlook information that we might not have. Um, There's this like really funny thing on TikTok that's like a crush is just a lack of information which I think is true to a certain extent. I also think that sometimes, and this is, this is very deep, sometimes in our personal relationships, 
We can develop a sense of false hope, especially when the person that you met at the beginning is not who they are now. And I've seen this happen to a lot of people where they get into a relationship, things are good at the very beginning, and then time goes on, that person is not doing well. So then you might gain a certain sense of false hope in that you can fix them, you can help them, that things can go back to the way that they were. I would also call this delusion for real. And because you're so emotionally invested and you ignored discernment early on, you'll cert- you'll see this like refusal to let go when things clearly like they're not working out. Unfortunately, I've watched some people really close to me lose themselves and lose their life, their sanity trying to fix another person that they were in a relationship with and it is something that's very relevant to me and something that I've seen happen to a lot of other people as well but it doesn't really get talked about Um, and it's I'll talk about it from this perspective but I will say be very careful with the personal and intimate relationships that you get involved with because they can be very detrimental to you Just like I said before, you do not know how long another person will be in your life, but they can end up being very detrimental to you, to your family, your friends, and your own life. Take it from me, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen people go from normal functioning adults to completely losing touch with reality, thinking they can fix another person, thinking they can help them. I've seen people very, very, very close to me end up homeless, on drugs, just because of the people that they associated themselves with. So before we even get into anything, you need to know that when another person enters your life, and especially in a, you know, personal, intimate kind of way, you don't know how long they'll be in your life for. And not every time is it going to be good. I was fortunate enough, you know, in my last relationship to have a very beautiful relationship for about two years. And one thing I learned from that was that when you meet someone new, you don't know how long they're going to be in your life for. Like when I first met my ex-boyfriend a few years ago, I didn't know we'd be together for that long, to be honest. It just kind of happened. Like stuff life just kind of happens to you so if you're not constantly on you know the def i'm always on the defense like i'm always on my toes and just prepared for anything to go down i think i like to think but the key point there is that we need to be using discernment with every single person and we're going to talk more about how to use that at the next sort of sections. I also want to talk about how it's going to help you in your career. So if you're somebody who was not born into a very well-connected family, chances are you're the person that's going to have to be making those connections to further your career. Yes, it's not fair, you know, that you are born without connections and maybe your best friend's dad knows everyone and it's really easy for your friend to be connected and whatever. But if those are the cards that you're dealt with, those are the cards that you're going to have to deal. It's just the reality sometimes, and I think that another part of discernment is just facing the reality of things, and it also goes into self-awareness. 
which basically just means that now you know that you're going to have to put yourself, you're going to have to be smart about how that you, how you approach things, how you approach other people. Because if you're going to be smart or intelligent in any way, you need to be smart and intelligent about the way that you handle your relationships with others and the way that you handle yourself in social situations as well as when you're applying to jobs or when you're networking or whatever. All that responsibility is going to go on to you because you weren't born into a well-connected family. It's just something that you're going to have to learn and I'm glad that you're here because using discernment will actually help you in many ways in your early career. As I'm recording this, I realize that I completely forgot to go over our word bank, but we actually have a word bank today. This is something that I'm starting new. Uh, We have two words in the word bank. One of them we already kind of discussed, but the first word I put in here was naive. Uh, Naive is an adjective of a person or action showing a lack of experience, wisdom, or judgment. And we talked a little bit about how using discernment will separate you from being a naive individual basically it's taking you from aware and knowing what's going on knowing what could happen and what risks you could be taking on versus somebody that's naive and completely like doesn't know what they're getting themselves into so that was one of the words in our word bank today the other word in our word bank is actually coming up in an example it's called perspicacious sorry i can't even say it perspicacious That is also an adjective, which is used to describe, you know, a person, a place, or a thing. That's what an adjective is. And perspicacious just means being able to quickly judge someone and correctly being able to judge quickly and correctly what people and situations are really like, despite what you see on the surface, despite what you hear, what they tell you. Because, as you will learn in this episode, people are good at wearing a mask And a lot of people are actually better actors than you might think. With that being said, uh, using discernment in your career, what what does that look like in the short term? I had a coworker once, and let me just say this. Using discernment, it'll help you move quicker in business. It'll help you drop people who are just wasting your time. For example, one of my old coworkers when I worked at the gym, he was perspicacious in the sense that whenever we would have a guest come in, he told me that he could tell within five minutes if that person was going to buy a membership or not. Because when he met a new guest, he was using discernment, right? He was using the context clues of what that person was saying. His discernment was on point, by the way, in terms of like guests coming in, whether they would buy a membership or not. So even in sales, it can really help you. And I'm pretty sure they teach it in sales as well. But it can also save you from bad business partners and contracts as well, as well as bad people. And I I experienced this. And this is an example that actually inspired me to make this podcast episode because I dealt with somebody who, uh, in under 24 hours, I literally saved myself from signing my life away to something that I didn't agree with. We'll get into that. Let me just finish how discernment can apply to your career. But especially if you're very young, Young people are often perceived as inexperienced, naive. Naive was in our word bank, remember that. Um, Naive, uh, sorry, young people are often seen as people who lack boundaries. Uh, Many times, you know, you're an easy target if you're younger to get taken advantage of. Just think of the times where, like, you had your first job 
and how your manager would often or I don't know if this happens for everyone but I feel like it's really common when you have your first job of people to like take advantage of you or at least try to take advantage of your labor because they're like oh this is this person's very first job what can I get get away with and like that's just the reality I feel like And even if it's not your manager, it might be another person, like, in the workplace or in your regular life as well. And I don't mean to be, you know, anti-men at all when I say this, but if you're a woman, a lot of times, if you're on the younger side, some guys will assume that you don't really have boundaries or standards, so they'll see what they can kind of, like, get from you. Especially if you're a young woman, I think that's very prevalent, and I think that's something to keep in mind as well. So when I was 20, and I wasn't too young to the point where people could walk all over me, but I was still younger to the point where I wasn't necessarily disagreeing with certain things that were done to me because I didn't want to say no. Another place where you should be using discernment is whenever there's like a desperate situation. For example, like when I was 20 working at the gym, like I needed that job to pay my rent because I was living by myself. And I knew that, like, my manager kind of knew this. And they would have me, he would, first of all, leave me working at the gym by myself. Which was, it ended up being a safety concern down the line. Because on one shift, on one occasion, it was, like, a Saturday night. And I was working the gym entirely by myself. And our gym was in the basement of a parking garage. Parking garages, in general are very unsafe for women especially at night and it was under like a club right so there's alcohol upstairs um there's partying there's hardcore drugs going on i mean we're not dealing with any sort of area here so what happened to me was i was downstairs in the basement working at the gym all by myself and a group of guys like in their kind of early mid-20s came came into the gym and they were gonna play basketball but they kind of just like huddled around me at the register and they kept asking me like are you alone do you want to go out for drinks after your shift uh other things like do you want us to help you close do you want us to stay with you and it's like a group of seven guys like six to seven guys and it's just me there by myself and they clearly like wanted to do something with me but I was working there alone you know I didn't really have a co-worker to be like no leave me alone like I just checked you in and I want you to leave me alone um but then other people in the gym kind of saw that they were like ganging up on me in a way and like trying to get me to agree to like hang out after or at least to let them stay And it's like, you think I'm going to go out for drinks with seven guys? Like, no, you're going to take advantage of me, you know? And it was a really, like, awkward situation. I wouldn't say I felt, like, super unsafe, but, like, had things been slightly different, it could have been very, very, very unsafe for me. Um, But I just mean to tell you guys that from my personal experience because... I was 20 at the time and everyone around me was like they should not be like letting you work by yourself like you should not be taking that shift by yourself especially you know the gym in that area but I mean I got out of it but at the same time I did put myself in a very dangerous situation for not standing up for myself. 
But now I'm going to talk about a raging narcissist that I met that in under 24 hours, I clocked her, okay? And I figured that bitch out. So this woman in particular, what should we name her? Let's name her, let's just do her because her last name kind of sounds like her. Um, she reached out to me regarding a very casual, like, business proposal, right? So, when she reaches out to me, our initial phone call was really good. It, in some ways, sounded too good to be true, which is a tip I give in the later part of this episode, where it's like, if something sounds too good to be true, that's one thing you really got to look at. Take an extra couple of minutes looking over that thing. So, her... She reaches out to me, and she has a business proposal, and it sounds really good, and it sounds like it could benefit me and her at the same time, and she was in a sort of desperate place, and she needed help with something, so I was like, you know what? Maybe us working together will be good for the both of us, right? So I go to her, and it was supposed to be like a mutually beneficial thing where it's like, okay, I do this for you, you provide this, we're in a very casual business agreement, you know, and we're talking, you know, the, it was mostly in the talk, like, we were mostly just talking about it, and I made sure to really listen to what she was saying, but when I showed up, and when our, when we actually had an in-person interaction, I noticed that some of the times she would say things in a way that sounded like, okay, like, I'll do that, but then, she would add in more things after the fact and be like, well, I actually, I didn't say that. I said this. So I meant you had to do this and this. When It's like whenever she would ask for something that was like within the arrangement, it was like, well, you agree to this and that according to the contract. And I was like, okay, the contract I was thinking over because I still hadn't read through it yet. And I understood that I wasn't dealing with somebody who was you know, not experienced in using contracts. And a lot of times, especially when you're in Los Angeles, you're going to be dealing with a lot of contracts. So I wanted to make sure, make sure that I gave myself enough time to read through it and read through the lines of it, you know, before I signed anything, obviously. Like, why would I sign something? And this woman was very polite. She was very respectful. She was good with people. She was kind and didn't strike me as what she turned out to be. She was a good, like, she really knew how to fake it for a long time. She had me fooled for the first couple hours, I'm not gonna lie. But the more I got to know her, the more I saw in little situations where she would try to, like, take advantage of me and then use the contract as, like, a way to, like, bind me to what I had verbally agreed to. And, and that, that was enough for me to be like, no, I don't want to work with you. I don't want to go through with this business thing, whatever. Um, and I sit down that night and I go through the contract that she had sent me and I'm reading through it and I notice something. I notice that the contract is not what she made it out to be. It was actually something different that she had covered up and made it seem like it was more casual, it was more laid back, and it was something, what we had actually discussed. So she used a different contract for a different deal 
and she used it in mine, but she changed some of the words. So after reading that, I made up my mind and I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sign this. And I went to her and I basically said, Hey, I'm not going to sign this. And I've made up my mind. And it wasn't just the contract. It was other things that she had told me about herself. For example, she told me she had multiple degrees. And when I looked at the books in her library, a lot of them were on psychology and like human nature. And one thing is that whenever somebody is really into human psychology or like the way that people work or into... I would, I would take that as somebody who is into manipulation tactics, and that's always a really big red flag for me. That and the fact that she tried to, like, cover up the contract and made it seem like something it really wasn't. Obviously, like, I have to look for, out for myself, too, and I have to read through contracts before I agree to them, before I sign them, which is exactly what I did. Um, and I found out she was actually a raging narcissist after I told her that I wasn't signing anything, because the moment I told her I'm not signing anything... Her character, you guys, completely did a 180 to where it was like, she's so sweet and so nice to me, trying to get me to sign this contract. And after I said no, she was rude. She was gaslighting me. She was, she even used her child to like persuade me and get me to like do business with her. And she was like, well, my daughter's already like attached to you and drawing photos it's like your daughter's too like she what does she your daughter doesn't know that okay she's met me for five minutes like come on lady anyway she was a raging narcissist and part of my evaluation of her came from just watching what she did like I didn't really have to say anything to her and I think she kind of took that the wrong way where she was like oh, this girl's being very mysterious, very shady, like, she's not really giving me too much information about herself, but really, I was just watching her the whole time and watching how she moved, and I think you should do the same thing, especially if you're going to be signing anything that anyone gives you. I wouldn't trust anyone. I don't even trust myself. Uh, in all honesty, the last week, I, try, I was going to do, like, some hot yoga thing, and I actually didn't end up showing up to the class. Okay, and that way, I don't trust myself. I don't so in some ways, you, you also don't trust yourself. So what is it to say that you should trust every single person that you meet? And I don't think that anybody should be that way. I think you should be weary um, in regards to other people all the time for your own sake. And thankfully, I was looking out for myself at every second, at every interaction I had with her. And I really do pay attention when people tell me things. I, I, I find that discernment is all in the details. I'm really happy that we've gotten past our two words in the word bank. Like I said before, I'm scripting my episodes out more so that they're more beneficial to you guys, and I'm really taking the time to think more deeply about the topics that I bring up. Uh, with that being said, I wouldn't say that I have, like, the entire argument put together. I will promise you guys that, like, I will do my best to think deeply about things and inform you of them from every angle that I know but with that being said like I am limited to my own experiences to my own life and my own knowledge even though I do take a lot of time to build an opinion on things and I don't want to just give you guys you know one one definition of something or like this is the end-all be-all just take what I say as like I have good intentions behind what I'm telling you 
and I will try my best to articulate where that opinion comes from. So with that being said, what is not discernment? Because there's how I would define it and where I think it helps you, where I've experienced it, but there's also places where discernment is, you know, either we should be raising a flag to be using discernment, or we should take a second to stop and pivot. So in the first situation with discernment, I would say if you're in like a desperate sort of situation, desperation number one, I never like to make long-term decisions out of desperation ever. Don't do it because you're just wasting your time ultimately. A lot of times, like let's say you are desperate to be in a relationship, you're more likely to ignore another person's red flags you're more likely to go after the wrong type of person. You're more likely to go over somebody who can easily use you. That's that's a big one. Um, so when you or someone else is in a desperate place, that's another thing. When you're evaluating someone, evaluate not only what it is that they want with you, but think to yourself, are they in a desperate place? Like, do they need someone right now? to the point where they're going to say anything. They're going to tell me anything to get what they want from me. And desperation, especially if you or someone else is coming out of a desperate place, that's when you should be the most weary. And that's why, like I said, I don't make long-term decisions out of desperation because it's just the bad foundation of any sort of relationship, I think. Any relationship. If you make it, if you form it out of desperation it's just not going to be worthwhile i like to be more mindful of you know what i call into my life what i decide to keep in my life and the way that i move forward with things because i understand like i said before people can really fuck up your life they can i've seen it i've seen someone go from normal working person to homeless on the street because they thought that they can save another person because of how much love they had together. And it's a very dark thing to happen to someone. And I've also, with that person, you know, I'll try to be more specific, right? Somebody very close to me lost their way. So then that caused another person that was very close to me to try and help them. And while they were trying to help them, they also lost themselves in the process. So I know another person who loves that person, who I also love, who also is very close to me, try to help them, and I see them lose their way. It's, like, infectious, you guys. Like, be careful of the people you get involved with. What does getting involved with someone even look like? It looks like meeting up with them. You know, sometimes that could be bad enough. That, that's, that, it's just so serious, like, Maybe I think too much. I don't know if I've thought about this too much, but like I need you guys to be so weary of the people that you get involved with. If anything, like be careful of what you get your emotions invested in because I find that like a lot of times emotions can really fuck people up. I made another episode on how to how I personally try to like have I made this episode? I think I probably thought about it or like I've mentioned emotions in a couple of podcast episodes but I think that learning to manage your emotions in a better way is also going to help you a lot especially as you are 
getting into your more adult phase as you're growing older. Another thing I want to mention in using discernment is being very careful of who you're taking advice from. For example, let's say that somebody is working at a job that they hate and they want to start a business. And let's not do like a silly example of like, I want to drop out of my job and go sell t-shirts online. Like, no, let's do so, Let's do like a blue collar business. Let's do like a, a car wash or something. That's a blue collar business. Uh, let's say you want to leave your job and open up a car wash and you tell your coworker about it. And your coworker's like, that's so silly. No one uses car washes. That's a bad idea. Well, in that case, you should be asking yourself, are they where you want to be? Um, why am I taking advice from this person? Do they have the relevant career experience that is going to help me and benefit me? You should always be evaluating the person that you're taking advice from. If they're not in the place that you want to be in, if they don't have the experience, the relevant experience to help you in something that you need help in, I would just not take advice from that person, especially if they're not qualified to give you the advice. Very important. So now I'm going to move into like little tools that you can use in terms of discernment. And this is how, this are some of the tools that I used to rid myself of that raging narcissist in under 24 hours. Number one, I would be using discernment all the time. My discernment muscle is always on whether I'm on the street, whether I'm at a networking event, uh, even with people that I'm DMing or like people that DM me because most of the time, most of the time it's people like reaching out to me. And I'll give you guys an example of like the WAG scam that I got involved with. But basically somebody sent me a message that said that they worked, that they were like friends with Gavi, which is like a soccer player on the Barca team. They told me they were friends with him and that he wanted to meet up with me and that they were going to get me a flight they were asking me, like, what airport do you want to leave from so we can get you a flight? And when you get to the airport in Barcelona, Gavi's going to pick you up. And it just sounded like such a fairy tale thing to me. It sounded too good to be true. So that's where I really used discernment and I blocked that person immediately. But using discernment with people in your everyday life, I would always make sure that the actions are lining up with their words and what they tell you. I think a lot of times the society, the whatever world we live in, focuses so much on what people say to you, like, especially like in personal relationships, I feel like in the media and stuff, people just focus so much on like, oh, is he saying like all the right things and all the perfect words and this fairy tale thing, whatever. Mind you, I've had a very... I've had very beautiful relationships in my life. Very beautiful out of a movie, out of a fairy tale, whatever you want to call it. And I will tell you that that kind of stuff does not move me much, especially where I'm at, especially having like experienced a very loving and romantic relationship. You know, after that, I can sort of see through some people and I can see when when they're just telling me things just to tell me them and by me saying that I don't mean to like uh, say anything about my previous relationship or the relationships that I've had in the past 
But an action-based evaluation of somebody is very crucial for me. Whenever I'm dealing with a new prospect or whatever, I'm always going to look at their actions over what they're telling me, especially when a guy is involved. If you're a man involved with me, your actions are always going to be my clear indicator of you and your intentions with me and whatnot. I'm literally just at the point where it's like, I don't care what you tell me. I'm going to have to see you do it and like act it out until I take you seriously. Another thing that's like really important for me is like that intuition that you get. Uh, a, tr- a good truth marker, and I heard this from Jordan Peterson, was to evaluate how you feel feel after your interaction with this person. How do you feel? Do you feel drained? Do you feel maybe inspired to go do something? Do you feel motivated? Do you feel maybe a little bit anxious? Do you feel maybe that you weren't being properly heard or listened to? How do you feel after that interaction? Like, evaluate how you felt after you interacted with that person. And that's that's a clear indicator of what will happen after the fact. And what I've noticed, too, about some people is that some people don't know how they feel. And to me, that's a clear indication that you're probably not in the practice of listening to yourself. And there's also a lack of self-awareness there because if you were constantly like in tune with the way that you're feeling about certain people places or things if you're like hazy on that you need to think about it more like you need to like go deeper in depth on how you feel or at least learn to listen to yourself If you go out with someone and you feel kind of like, eh, I don't really know if I like them or not to go on another date or whatever, but you still go on the other, on the date again because you don't really know how you feel. First of all, not knowing how you feel, that's an automatic no for me. Because if I'm trying to like think about whether I like you or not, that's already a a very clear no to me. Because with the people I do like, it's an automatic, like, yes. Yes. Do you ever think about that person, like, you really want to be friends with? And when you think about them, and when they text you, you're just like, yes, I'm going to reply to you. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind, yes, I want you in my life. But then there's other people where, you know, you're like, I don't really know. I don't really know where this is going. I don't really know if they are serious. You know, you can tell. Another thing I like to do is I look at people's tone of voice when they're talking or they make any sort of comment. You know, a lot of times you can hear the shadiness behind what people are saying. That's what I mean by tone. Like, sometimes people will be like, oh my god, I'm so happy for you. And you're just like, that was so fake. I could hear it in your voice how fake that was. That's using discernment. That's on a a smaller level, but you are using discernment when you pay attention to those things. So now we're going to get into self-awareness and how important that is in terms of using discernment. And now that we discussed, like, this is where it can help you. This is a little bit on how to use it. These are the things it can protect you from. So what are you going to need in order to start using some more discernment in your life? So you're going to need some sort of self-awareness. What does self-awareness look like? I know a lot of people talk about that like, oh my god, you need to be more self-aware. But really, here are the places in which I view self-awareness and like it's helped me. Number one, and 
also, I will say this. A lot of people that I've met tell me that I'm very self-aware. So that's just something people tell me, right? And a reason for that is because I write a lot. And a lot of times writing and journaling, it helps you know yourself better. So I actually wouldn't say that I was born self-aware or whatever. I think it is in my daily practice to become more self-aware through my writing and it's very intentional so I'm not surprised when people tell me like oh you're very self-aware you're very level-headed and it's because I do evaluate these things in my life and stuff and I do think about them so whenever you're dealing with another person I think that you should always have your personal standards like you should know your own standards and your own boundaries especially if you're like in the process of dating someone or you're just looking for maybe like a business partner or anything like that you should know your standards like for me one of my standards is that like I hate it when people are late to things and many a time certain things will keep me from seeing you again and I know those things so when I see people do them they never hear from me again and that's just my standard I'm also the type of person that like I know what I like and what I don't like and when I see something I don't like I will just very quietly leave and not even tell that person about it I I won't even say like hey you did this thing I really didn't like so now I'm like exiting your life but I like won't even say anything about it like I'll just leave because I don't Honestly, like, there's certain things that, like, when you do that thing, it's so bad, or it was so bad, that I'm wasting no more energy on you. And that's another thing. I really do hoard my energy. Um, so I would get your standards more in place. Uh, you can go somewhere else. You're more than happy, more than free to go somewhere else and learn how to uh, develop your own standards. You know, for some people, that's don't yell at me, don't cuss at me, whatever. Uh, That's obviously a standard for me. I don't know. I know some people get involved with others who cuss at them. They, like, yell. And, you know, for me, that's the one thing that's a hard no with a friend, with a partner, whatever it may be. Like, if you disrespect me, you're out. Like, that's, that's a standard. Respect is a standard, I would assume. Um, self-awareness and what you're even looking for in that interaction. Self-awareness and, like, what you want. That's, that's where I think people should really be focusing on. Um, but there are situations in which you can't really have too much control over discernment, right, and how you're using it. And this is in the sense of, like, how you behave. So, sometimes... Or just, like, who you are in general. Like, with that lady I told you guys was, like, a really big narcissist. She kept telling me that I was agreeing to things without fully knowing everything. So, after I told her that, like, I wasn't going to sign her contract because I read through it and I didn't agree with what it said, she told me, well, I think that you can take this as a learning lesson next time to look into things before you agree to them and in my head I'm like well I did look into the contract before I signed it before I even agreed to it yes I know I agreed to it verbally 
but I'm actually going to read the contract you're giving me before I sign anything. And she was like, well, I think you need to look into things before you agree to them. And I was like, I just said yes, and I left because I'm like, what? Like, I was like, lady. So my point with that is that sometimes people will try to tell you things about yourself that aren't true. Many people would call this gaslighting, and that's a very uh, commonly used term. And I will, ooh, actually, I'll add that to the word bank today. Let's, let's add gaslighting to the word bank in today's episode. But gaslighting is when you, you know how you behave, you know exactly what you did and exactly what you're doing, or at least you have an intention. And let's say somebody else takes one of your actions and said, well, you meant to do this by doing that you know, or maybe, maybe you don't know, and maybe I need to explain that more, but my point is that sometimes people will try telling you things about yourself that you know aren't true, and the point is that you need to know yourself well enough to know that they are just trying to manipulate you into thinking about yourself the way that they want to think about you, or like the way that they want you to think about yourself, if that makes sense. Because what I've noticed is that a lot of times people will try to tell you like, oh, you're this, that, and the other to make you maybe more insecure. Maybe they don't want you doing certain things. So they'll be like, oh, when you wear uh, an outfit that's that like slutty or whatever. Maybe they might say like, oh, when you wear that really short outfit, it's because you want to get attention from like other guys or whatever which that's a red flag to begin with. Like, don't don't ever date a guy who tries to tell you how to dress. That's actually one thing I... That's, like, an immediate no for me when people ch- tell me how to dress. I'm immediately out. But really knowing yourself and how you are as a person, your morals, you know, your habits, do you show up late to work? And maybe you need to look in the mirror and be like, well, maybe this is why my manager doesn't favor me as much as everyone else. Maybe it's because I am irresponsible in some senses. Maybe it is because I am never on time. So knowing your strengths and your weaknesses is also, I would say, very important. But also knowing your strengths in the sense that like knowing what you have to offer And knowing when somebody isn't offering you as much as you know you're capable of making or doing or whenever people are trying to, like, lowball you or whatever, that's also another case. But probably the strongest form of discernment that I have, personally, is just being very observant. I think it just comes down to watching the way that another person moves when it's just you and them when maybe no one else is watching or watching how they treat other people and that all goes back to like integrity and I have another episode on integrity which you guys should totally check out um it's basically an episode on morals where I broke down different codes of like ethics and morals and in that episode in particular we learned about integrity um when I was in middle school we talked about integrity a little bit But I remember it just being a very valuable lesson to me. And integrity, again, let's add this to the word bank. It's basically doing the right thing when nobody else is watching. And 
the more I go into this episode, the more I'm like, okay, but you also need to give people that, that caveat of, yes, have good morals, have standards, know your worth, but on the same note, no, but at the same time, know that, like, not everyone else plays by the same game. Not everyone else has morals, has good intentions, and stuff like that, and life is not fair. So, with that being said, that's up to you to decide how you want to play and the type of intention you want to put out there, and yeah. So, my final thoughts on discernment and the way that I use it. I would say that, like, I always want to focus on having a purpose, having something that I'm working towards so that I can begin to associate myself with the people I need to be associated with in order to get to where I want to be and waste the least amount of time possible. Next, having standards and things that you will not fold on because then it's very easy when people cross that boundary for you to just be like, okay, I can't have you do this or at least set that boundary with them because I also think it's important to not cut people off at the first cross of your boundary that is unrealistic and like I said sometimes you cannot control the type of people that you are around so learning how to stand up for yourself and communicate a boundary is a very good sign to another person that like they cannot walk all over you that they can't take advantage of you so in that case yeah you can use discernment and be like oh they tried to take advantage of me But now you're like, okay, I'm going to set the boundary because whether we need to stay in proximity or not, um, or in the situation that you can't cut them off, and you're going to have to build a sort of functional relationship with that person, no matter uh, if you can get rid of them or not. Like, just make the boundary established and move on from there, right? I've talked enough. Okay, so... I, when I put having standards in the bottom, I put, you know, that goes back to your morals and your integrity, and we talked about that. But when it comes to finding the right people, I always like to view it as a collaborative thing, right? A thing that's, like, mutually beneficial for you and for me. We would both grow from this collaboration, whether it's business, um, personal relationships, I'm a little bit different on. But when it comes to any business sort of thing, it's, like, both sides find growth, value, joy from them. It also goes back to evaluating how you feel after that interaction with the person. And always setting an attention, you know, where you're trying to get at with this interaction and always how you feel about it. And with that, I'll leave some closing thoughts. So for me, when it comes to discernment, like I said, it's always on. I'm always watching people Maybe sometimes I understand I come off as maybe a little bit mysterious, maybe a little bit standoffish, but especially when I am in a new environment that I know I will be in long term, that's when I really like to watch how people move because seeing how somebody handles another thing will show me. Okay, and let's say this is like in a work environment, right? But if I see how you treat as a manager another coworker, Let's say, like, you're rude, you're, like, being mean to them or whatever. I know you're probably going to want to do the same to me. So then that that way I know how to approach you. Or that way I know if I have a problem, 
who am I going to go to and who am I not going to go to? If something comes up, if an emergency comes up while I am here in this environment, who am I going to make the right partnerships with? Because let's say something bad happens. Let's say like you get like assaulted or something. Let's say somebody tries to like sexually assault you in the workplace. Are you going to go to that one really cold like supervisor who could give less a fuck about you? Are you going to go to the one who you saw really cared for another one of your coworkers when they were sick or whatever? That'll really allow you to make that decision of I need help in this moment. Who is the best person that I can go to? And discernment can help you steer you in the right direction and avoid all the messiness. Avoid all that. And when you have, you know, your own set of morals that guide you, that's also helping you in the whole process of things. It's like an internal compass. And I would look at discernment as an essential tool to that internal compass that you have. Because if you don't have an internal compass, it's very easy for you to lose your way or be influenced by the people in your life. If you don't have that inner compass, you know, you can just get really involved with people who can really ruin your life. Or you can be susceptible to people who are ruining their life. Maybe their life is okay right now, but maybe they have habits that in five years are going to leave them in a very bad place. You need to view the people in your life's habits as your future. And I learned this a long time ago, where it's like the people in your life really do impact the direction that your life goes in. So if you're not constantly on guard for that, forget about it. Like you're, you're a lost cause. So with that being said, I'm going to keep putting episodes out specifically on Sundays. That's at least the schedule that I'm trying to stick with. I know earlier in the episode, I was like, guys, I don't even trust myself. And a part of that too is like trusting myself to stick with my goals and the things that I want to do. So from now on, I'm doing episodes every Sunday until further notice. I think anyone that made it this far into the episode, and I hope that you guys gained some sort of value from it. And if you have any feedback, please let me know. I'll try to link my Instagram below and share this with a friend. And yeah, that's it. Bye guys.